Spoiler alert, you Mickey Fickies. <laughs> that was the, that's that TNT. The real ones know about, about Mickey Fickies. Mickey Fickies is like on like they show House Party on TNT after like NBA basketball games in the nineties, and it would always be House Party. But you know, it's an edited version. It's TNT, so all the motherfuckers with Mickey Fickies. All in the movie is Mickey Ficky. <laughs> this shit is crazy. Real one. People know what I'm talking about. Someone listen to we this. Are not, we are not real about. ones, apparently. Not, anyway. I am a Mickey Ficky because <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> 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 like, what is Ficky? Is that yeah, F-I-C-K-E-Y? Yeah. All right, so spoiler alert. Very necessary because we're about to talk about a movie that we just saw called Sorry to Bother You, directed by Boots Riley, starring Lakeith Steinfeld, Tessa Thompson, uh. Terry Crews. Oh, my God. Wait. So, Ja, did you see it this past weekend or when did you see it? Okay, I saw the screeners. So, I saw this Jerk. movie. <laughs> so, I saw this movie back in April. What? Yeah. You kept it a secret this whole time. We, we had to. I was going you that big was, pop in back in April? Was, that was the rules. They, they, yeah, we saw they had a screener at uh, Atlantic Station back in April. And as soon as I left out, I said, this is going to be one of those movies with that get out energy. Like, not necessarily like on a racist tip, but just like a small budget movie where people came together and like put together some shit. And you've, I'd never seen anything like this movie ever before oh my god speaking of get out energy i was telling yo before you got here that the moment that i knew this movie was like really truly we're all very deeply fucked is when we saw the taxidermy and that yeah. was a get out moment yeah that was i like, was like oh, oh shit, shit. Yeah, <laughs> so anyway um yeah mike and i saw it just this past weekend um I we went and go into it with the premise that like okay it's like cool like here's a guy who signs up for a telemarketing job and like he has to put on his white voice we thought the premise ended on that and I could not have been more grateful that the trailer was misleading as fuck yeah. because typically I don't even like watching trailers right. but this movie was such a weird mindfuck and the trailer does not even remotely prepare you for that and, and it's like for me I wanted to see it after I saw the trailer, but mainly to support like Lakeith mm -hmm. because what he's doing it with Atlanta and Darius has been so amazing to watch. I was like, I'm 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 investing in all the Atlanta characters. Okay, Donald, you know who whoever, <laughs> you know ZZ. If she's in a movie, I'm watching. It. I'm all right, invested. all right, yeah, 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 yeah. But I just assumed it was about a movie about code switching, which is still very relevant to 2018. Absolutely. I didn't think the movie was going to be about 2018. And 2019 and 2020. <laughs> it's like a movie about today, tomorrow, and like the doomsday. Like it's literally packed with so much symbolism that I. When you get to the third act, once he gets up to the top floor, yeah, and he gets invited to the party, nothing is the same. No, nah. no, nothing yeah, is the yeah. same. Everything about that movie is like upside down now and. The entire movie flips. Like, the entire movie. And, and there's no warning. Mm -hmm. You're not prepared no. at all. You know, we get to the scene where he's rapping in the yeah. living room. <laughs> and that's when, like, it, it hits the peak of... <laughs> of coonery. Yes. <laughs> um, Soft shoery. <laughs> all of the above. All of the above. <laughs> and then it takes it even further. And to places that I just did not imagine the movie could go. 
Yeah, man. Um, <sighs> it's it's amazing how you we talk about how prescient this movie is when it took Boots Riley six years to pitch the film. Yeah, he couldn't find anyone who was interested in it for six fucking years. I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm not. not either. But a, I was telling you earlier, it's a hard sell. It's a hard. It's a hard movie to sell. When you want people to understand that, hey, they won't see this coming. I'm going to take the film. They won't see it coming. This is a movie about surprising you when you least expect it. Well, the other part of it is, too, is that, like, the sad reality of it is, is that Hollywood is like a responsive mechanism. Mm. Okay. And the climate of society soften things to a point for a movie like this to get made now. And that's not to say that it didn't deserve to be made six years ago, but I don't think Hollywood was ready to make a movie like this and put it in theaters. They might put it in, somebody might have took it and put it in an art house or something like that to put this shit on screens across America. I just don't think Hollywood was ready to even engage in that type of this type of movie and the things that it's saying and mm. like the whole idea That's of it point. until right now. Mm. So six years. I mean, Interesting. It is. I mean, for him, I'm sure it was a frustrating amount of time to yes. wait. When you know, you have something that's good that, you know, deserve, you know, but like here we are. And. It was so on time. <laughs> it felt very on time. Oh, my God. So, it was so on time that it's like that just added another layer to how interesting and how good the movie was. It's just for, you know, what's happening in America right now and people who are probably dealing with a lot of this shit that Lakeith Stanfield's character was having to deal with. It's like, you know, it sounds like a cliche story of, like, do you get put on and leave your friends behind oh, yeah. and what do you do to in order to get ahead and right you know that whole thing but like just I, capitalism in general in general like how they they take a look at how we and, and i love what i loved about lakeith's character was that it was very real like his his uncle was about to lose his home you know like when you start to mm-hmm. think about not only like improving your your life but like saving life Mm-hmm. To, to avoid being homeless, to avoid having to work in certain conditions. Preserving your by, family. Preserving your family. Like, yeah. these are things you can never knock a man for doing, but it shows you what happens and how far uh, of trying to just be able to survive in this world, the type of places it can take you. Yeah. You know, you want to be well off. Well, this is what it looks like to be well off. Mm-hmm. You want to make money. Well, this is what money does. This mm-hmm. is where money goes. Mm-hmm. And... You see, he tried to turn things around. He tried to fix what he that he did as mm-hmm. far as like what he was selling. And even then, like when all the everything started <laughs> skyrocketing, <laughs> it, like, it just totally turned on him. You know, yeah, right? Like, but but I have to ask you, job when he did the coke on the on the plate. Did you think it was just coke? I felt like there. I felt like there was some type of like trickery maybe going on. But I didn't know that it was gonna turn him into fucking Mr. Head. <laughs> was like, I, I was like, I, I just I hate how the movie made me feel comfortable with him. I was fine. Oh and yeah. Then he hit himself on the the door. Yep. And when he turned around, I could have screamed. Oh fuck. I could have screamed. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, 
but the oh thing that made me mad about the but the coke part is that like it felt like he had he was trying to establish control of the situation or he was like moving in a way that was like offense and he like let the guy like basically pressure him like push him into doing the shit mm-hmm. and i was like damn bro like yeah I thought you were coming down here to talk business and really like oh, get to it with come the on, guy. Ja, the, 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 moment he, the moment he started rapping, he lost all power. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay, so oh was that god. not awkward for no one else? Like, you rap? Yeah, yeah. You no, can, you, you, you <laughs> can, can rap. rap. No, that was you very can, no. Awkward. I'm pretty you sure. Like at that point, like I wasn't even. I was pretty sure I was like audibly like saying in the theater and I'm in the background. I'm like, no, don't rap. No, don't rap. Yeah, no, don't yeah, rap. Yeah, like yeah, I'm in the back yeah, being like, no, you can't. I'm it. like talking to the screen. Yeah, don't fucking don't do this. Fucking like right now you will not <laughs> because fuck, this will never end. Well, there were definitely, can't be, yeah. there were definitely a couple moments. And that was one of them where I was like talking in the screen. Like, please don't like, don't yeah. do this. Don't do that or whatever. But, but it was, it came from a real ass place because like, yeah. not too long ago, maybe I say a month ago, I had a friend in town and we were at, the bar at the hotel he was staying at and it was a lot of people there. not a lot of people there but there was people sitting at the bar two seats left we sit down sit next to an older white gentleman this is the same day as birthday bash so we're sitting there having drinks he turns to me and says so you guys here for the rap thing and i look at him like no i don't listen to rap music <laughs> like why am i here for the rap thing what what do you say back He's just like, oh, I thought you just might have been here for the, you know, oh my I heard, God. heard there's some big hip hop concert. In oh, town. yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, all right. Yo, so, like, like just, okay. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, you know, like people just, that whole assumption, that idea of people assuming that, like, oh, you rap, don't you? Like, you're. Like, <laughs> like, like when you sit in the first class, because you got to be a rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or yeah, yeah. athlete or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so awkward. You rap, bro. Okay, I'm, I'm glad he didn't ask you to rap because I thought that's where the story was going. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, same. No, same. But, yeah, this movie ended up being about so much more. It ended up being about code switching, but it also ended up being about capitalism. And it ended mm-hmm. up being – and, like, what I really appreciated about it is that, like – you kind of felt sympathetic toward every one of the individual characters. Mm. You would see where they were coming from, even though you could sense from a mile away that like they were about to sign themselves up for like a total shit fuck. And it was going to fuck up their lives for the, but like you never felt like, Oh man, they should have really done this because you imagined yourself in that situation. Mm -hmm. The whole time I was in that movie, I was thinking about like the sort of decisions that I have to make all the time as like a writer in a fucking like bum ass industry that journalism is right now, where it's like, do you, do you be like, you know, uh, Lakeith Steinfeld's girlfriend, like Tessa Thompson Mm -hmm. and be self-righteous about it. Do, do you actually go out and protest like my woke resistance based Steven Yin or, do we just want to fucking relax and get a nice apartment for once? I that has been me like all the time, constantly reckoning with these decisions. Because that's the contrast, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's always the two sides, and especially like when you're aware of it too. Mm-hmm. Like when you see that I want to do things to yeah. potentially help things change, but you also work extremely hard and you deserve some comfort. Like you just deserve to feel like. I enjoy my home. I have nice things that I work for. But you also know, like, both sides come with energy. Both sides come with uh, the decision of. 
you gotta make you have to decide because it's very hard to play the fence. And you see Lakeith, like he could not play the fence. He wanted to so oh, bad. Yeah. But we see him throughout the movie picking the side. And like I think that's a big uh point of the movie is you have to pick a side. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <clears throat> if that's the whole thing, like that's the mind fucker capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. it puts you on that treadmill of, and it's like like you said, like you want to be comfortable. Everybody wants to live whatever their version of a comfortable life is. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what, you know, what do you have to do to get that? Yeah. I mean, that was the whole thing with like worry free. Oh my God. Right. Yeah, well, Can we yeah. talk about worry? worry Can we talk free. about worry free and that worry the only free. thing that were li- they were literally marketing, like you got the sense that they were like a marketplace like Amazon, but at the end of the day, like they never specifically relayed that because every single one of their advertisings was based on these are the material comforts that we can provide you. you they were yeah, trying right. to make slavery seem a- appealing right. Right. and palatable. Right. Like that was, that was crazy to mm-hmm. me. It was like, you deserve this. And we're going <laughs> to yeah, give it yeah, to yeah. you. Free Here's room, a meal on a tray. Free room and board. Don't even worry about food. it. Lifetime and contracts. all you have to do is work a couple hours. Mm. Like, come on. Right. You should be happy for this. Mm-hmm. Like, and even like when Lakeith's uh, uncle was like about to lose his son, I was like, yeah, I've been looking at the worry free. Because for some people, like room and board and food, that's yeah. It's mm-hmm. better. It's, it's better than out here struggling. What is a jail? <laughs> right. <laughs> <This is> freaking jail. <laughs> it's just like yo. You want to go to jail? <laughs> <laughs> but they make you feel like it's your idea. Yo. Right, <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. This, like this sounds like a good decision. Like I, saw, I should do this. I saw some inmates doing the in my feeling challenge the other day. What the fuck? <laughs> I saw some inmates doing the MI Feeling Challenge. Wait, and actual like, inmates? Yo, look, they said they were in jail, and it looked like jail. <laughs> so who am I to say it wasn't? <laughs> but, like, you stop and think, like, no, that's not okay. Like, like someone said you can do everything in jail but get out. Wow. Shit. And it was just like, Fuck. yeah, you know, you can sleep and you can eat. I mean, some people can even Skype in jail. You yeah. know, my my cousin called me from his cell, from his cell phone. He, oh, so he got, so, yeah, he got a phone. Wow. So it's like, yeah, you can do everything but leave. And that's, to me, that kind of what worry free was. Like, you sign a contract to be here, to work here. We're gonna feed you, and you can have your quarters. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you're doing this for us. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we're gonna make it seem like it's better for you, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's that's how I feel about jail reform. Like, oh, we're going to help you get better. But, like, mm-hmm. like nah, like keeping me in here and probation, th- these systems to place me back here mm-hmm. is not for me. Mm-hmm. It's for you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what Word Free was, is yeah. trying to convince the world that they were doing something better for them. But ultimately, and even the, um, I can't think of the, the white guy, but it was all to make more money. Like, at the end He's of the day. He's just the evil white guy it was to all, me. But, I mean, but that's what capitalism is. It's like, you're already rich. Yeah. What do you need more money for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, money. It's, a, it's a it's the pimp hole dynamic. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. It's, it's yeah, the, yeah. It's the go out there, get the money, bring mm-hmm. it back to me, and I'll make sure everything is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. give me the money. The rent will be paid. The lights will be on. Yeah. Be food in the refrigerator. You do all the work. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just go get the money. Yeah. Bring it to me. I'll make it easy. Yeah. You probably don't know how to do this. Yeah. I'm going to make it simple for you. Right. right just right. give it to me. I'll tighten up all of this shit. And you can just go live your life. That is so <laughs> fucked. But that totally <laughs> but, makes but sense. That's, but that's, but that's the game. Like, that's, 
that's 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 the shit that they talk to. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. So all that is to say, this movie is fucking good. Like it's a good fucking movie, Go man. Go see it. It's a lot of layers to the shit. You'll see a lot of shit. I only saw it that one. I haven't seen it since April. Right. But so like I need to, to go see, see it, it twice. Yeah, you have to see it's, it twice. It's, 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 this, it's not a movie you can see once, yeah. unless you're gonna wait for the Blu-ray or whatever the fuck. But you have to, to understand this movie. If you like it the first time you see it, you need to see it like several times because it's a lot of shit. I want people to support it. I want it to do extremely well as well as it can do with it being so misleading. It's funny because it is. It's just like <laughs> it's super misleading. Like, going into it, I was going to, like, tell my parents, like, you need to go see this because of this one thing. But now, like, I got to, like, dance around. Like, look, just go see it. Just go right. See it. Just like, don't don't worry about the trailer. Just go see it. Because yeah. I feel like it's going to at least make you think. And I feel like that's what I liked about Get Out. Because we had to have certain conversations. And same thing with Moonlight uh, the year prior. It's like, when you start to see think pieces about movies... Mm-hmm. That's when you know a movie has really done something because when it inspires people to have these conversations, uh, oftentimes we see movies and we be like, oh, that was good. Uh-huh. Uh, we see movies and we be like, oh, that was cool. But when people start to write and people start to have discourse and people start to really dissect what the movie's trying to tell us, it tells me that we as a people need to see this so we can have these conversations. Because mm-hmm. obviously something's happening here that we don't need in a vacuum. We needed as as far as many as many people as possible to see this, so that way we can ha- continue the dialogue that Boost is trying to uh, at least place for it before us. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only continue the dialogue, but also just like continue to promote like such a strong like artistic voice. Um, we're living in an era where I feel like a lot of like young and experienced directors sort of get shoehorned in like the Marvel movie that I never asked for. I'm really sorry, Infinity, you whatever. Hate I Marvel really do. So I'm sorry. Much. Listen, I'm a hater. I hate Drake. I hate Marvel. Like these hate are the Big two. Sean. I hate Big Sean. These are the facts that you need to know about me. But all that is to say is like, listen, I. I feel like you would agree with me, Jaw, that like in this age, there's less diversity, like in the actual movie theaters. Like you're either going to see Star Wars or you're going to see Marvel, and for you're going to sure. see maybe that indie darling. Yeah, I don't yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't for think sure. that movies have always been this way. But if we continue to support films like this, then like 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 I was saying before, we not only support the message, but we support creativity, audacity, the tenacity to really just fucking go for it. Because mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, I did not expect did not expect those horse beings whatsoever. And I just want to be like, you know, I want to come out of a movie being like, what the freaking fuck? That's what I want. When it ended, I sat there for like maybe a whole two minutes. Well, after the screening, Boots was there, so they did like a and a thing. And then, oh, dope. So he did it maybe like 10 minutes. And then I was just sitting there like looking at the screen like, what the fuck did I just watch? And that's the only thing I could ask myself, like as I walked to the car, like what did no, I just? That was, that was me. Me and the homie went, and oh we was God. we walked out, and the entire everyone that walked out, we didn't say nothing. It was quiet because <laughs> we were all trying to digest what just happened. Uh-huh. And that's the funny part is usually you walk out of a movie and there's chatter. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that was a great people, scene. Yeah, people yeah. talk about but the shit that they just saw. Like, oh, no that's... one knew what we just watched. Yeah. No one. I feel like every single person in that theater that walked in there had an idea what that movie was gonna be about. And we all walked out not being really sure what that movie's about. But it made us consider, like, what did we just watch? And I like that feeling. I like that feeling way more than knowing. Like, surprise me. Shake me up. Give me something that I didn't expect. 
Yeah. You know, horse penises. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Christina's probably didn't see it. So okay, she was like, yeah. <laughs> let me talk about this real quick. I was so shocked to see that horse's face that it wasn't until I read the reviews after the fact that I was like, oh, there was a penis in there. <laughs> it was awesome. I was so thrown by this plot twist but you guys saw it i guess the funny part is it's just like when he makes the wrong turn into what he thought was the bathroom and when i initially saw the horse i thought my man was just hanging horses yeah i thought like, I he was, thought like he was a butcher like, shot like he oh. had a it was like a slaughterhouse and then i started to see like that's a person <laughs> like there's somebody there's a whole person yeah. and i love the fact how calm he was about lakeith he was like calm down man right finish watching the <laughs> finish video watch, yeah Look, if you would have watched the video, you would have understood. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> you like it. He was like, how dare you? The audacity, how sir. Dare you, how, dare you, how dare you get upset about something you saw when you should have just watched the video? Yeah. Oh, my God. And, you know, when, did you were you shocked by him saying, we want you to be like the Martin Luther King? Yeah. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that's when it really, like, the rap, like you said, the rapping was like the peak of the coonery. Right. But when he told him he wanted to be the Martin Luther King, like that's when I really lost it. I was like, oh <laughs> shit, I don't even know uh, what is going on. So look, right I'm gonna now. drop this bomb and then then we want to continue. But what if Martin Luther King was an industry plant? Mm. Oh my fucking god! Okay, so let's continue. Let's just keep moving. But yeah. didn't they bring him in because they thought he would be like a viable voice for the movement? Yeah, basically that's what that's what I, whatever the white guy I can't even remember what his name, remember was, his name was. But either. that's basically what he told yeah. him. He was like, "You seem like you're a leader, like, and they people gravitate towards you and they listen to you, and you can like, you know what I mean?" I, like, I wonder if that was had anything to do with the code switching. Being able to talk in the two voices, mm. being able to talk to them, being able to talk to us. If that was what kind of got you elevated, because I feel like everyone, it was like, oh, you can talk in your white voice up here. Or only talking in your white voice. And oh, yeah, that was fucked. Yeah. Right, right. Because, you know, he tried to talk normal. He was like, he's like, no, white voice. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that ability to code switch was something that they saw as like a viable means of uh, communication, as in, did they looked at the. What was the horse people called? Do you guys remember? I don't even remember what they were Equisabian? called. Equisabian? Equisabian. Oh, wow. That is a good word. Right. I see you. That's a the real good Equisabians, if there was something to kind of be able to, like, to communicate in their language as far as, and also talk to us, mm-hmm. was something they saw in him that they thought was like very viable. And it's, it's just very interesting to, when we start talking about language and being able to uh, communicate with people, how important that was throughout the whole movie is that they wanted you to see that not only that the words we use, but the voices that we use matter when it comes to communication. And with Lakeith and his ability to switch it up, they saw him as someone that could be a Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not to be too deep, but when you look at how they have tried to reform Martin Luther's message after his death, it's almost like another form of code switching. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's just like the way that they try to turn his entire message into something well it's definitely like a whitewashing it's definitely like exactly. a selective it's like a cherry picking of like all of like his in, most inoffensive qualities where mm-hmm. like when he was alive he was against like he opposed the vietnam war and people like took him to task for it being like how fucking dare you first of all like right. just stick to your whatever civil rights bullshit or whatever um no, I really love that point you made. And overall, like, I think, I mean, looking back at the movie, I have to wonder if, like, 
the worry-free or whatever the big corporation was like just really saw that like he was willing to kind of go the distance because if you really think about it it's like on this really fantastical level that the movie presents itself it's like this is crazy like it kind of makes itself to be like that's when the movie starts to take on like like a really surreal tone like Mm -hmm. oh like david cross is really gonna be up in here right now like this is what's happening but you know in reality like that um that was like a really magnified way of presenting like these small decisions that we make every single day or like in that are we just gonna go along with this or what you know so it's even so even it it yes i feel like him ascending through the ranks was a was a sign of his talent but also in in just that it was a i feel like the company was also able to sense like his desperation because remember he came in with a fake trophy and they were like you're hired that wasn't the breaking Ooh, point. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was convinced by the trophy and the employee of the month. I was me like, too. So, <laughs> I was so, I thought he came in. And I felt stupid. Right. Like, they made me feel dumb. Like, oh, shit. Like, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> no, nah, I was like, I'm not doing job interviews right. I was like, I'm doing this all wrong. He's <laughs> done this way better. <laughs> the other part I thought was interesting. Didn't he, So didn't he tell, when he explained to him why they chose horses, didn't he tell them basically that like they work hard and they just do the work and they're like dumb creatures who are like basically like creatures. Well, the word the saying is like, literally workhorse. Yeah, workhorse, right? Oh, like, shit. like, yeah, you just that wasn't just a play on words. That no, was, no. Yeah, yeah. It was like we really like that's what it is. Like we'll just work you basically to death, or like you'll oh, just God. we'll train you to do this job or whatever it is, and you'll do it until we tell you otherwise. Yeah. But, oh my God, I felt so seen. Like once <laughs> I like got around like the horses metaphor. Like it brought me back to like when I was starting off with this whole full-time freelancing thing and I'm trying to like figure out like, okay, how do I make, how do I bring structure to like this crazy work situation where I feel like I'm getting underpaid and I'm like overemployed. Right. Mm. And like, this has been the era of like productivity methods where it's like you have books like the four hour work week and like, you know, like, uh, people debating over internships on Twitter. Oh my God. I completely, I completely forgot about that, that but it's like, but like what a perfect metaphor for this time where it's like all the onus to be like massively productive is on us and it's for the benefit of some rich asshole, right? It becomes less and less about our well-being and more and more about just making some guy in a Jesus tunic rich. Feed the system, feed the machine. I I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't met a deadline since I saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Change your whole perspective on life, huh? <laughs> That's facts. <laughs> I, I fucking feel you. <laughs> Damn, yo. Bruh, I got some that was due at 3 p.m. <laughs> but I'm here though. Let's explore these feelings. <laughs> I like it. Talk that talk. No, nah, but like seriously, the way the movie makes you see your own employment and your, your the value you bring to other people's lives. And what I love about it is it doesn't tell everybody, oh, go work for yourself. But it's to understand the value that you bring to companies, the value that you bring to corporations and the rights that you deserve. And fighting for that. And fighting for that. Because I I don't think everyone is uh, in the position to quit their jobs and to follow all their dreams. But if you're going to work for somebody and you're going to provide a service 
you deserve certain just just basic human uh, rewards. You know, you deserve certain things that they should want to give you versus what you should fight for. And you should fight for those things because you deserve them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. no other reason. No let no one tell you you don't deserve rights. You know, so you don't deserve certain breaks. So you don't deserve certain, uh, uh, the payment that you should have, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, all because you're on a, on a lower tier doesn't mean that you don't deserve being able to pay your bills and being able to sleep at night. You know, like, you shouldn't have to choose one or the other. Right. That's one thing about, like, b- b- the, the business that we work in that kind of got me. It's like, they want you to, to believe that you should work a certain kind of way and mm-hmm. to meet certain things. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Why would I tell somebody, oh, don't sleep, bro. Finish that so you can get that in on time. Mm-hmm. On whose time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do it right. Mm-hmm. But also take care of yourself because at the end of the day, I feel like if I'm not working at my best of ability, then it's not going to be done in the way that it should be. Right. And can I get my invoices on time? That's all I want. Right. Mm. Right. Because like, I'm getting these pieces in by the deadline. Invoices should have deadlines. Hurry up with my damn croissant. No, I mean. <laughs> that oh, that is exactly the tagline that you need to add to your invoices when you <laughs> say that you charge a monthly late fee. 1.5%. Do it right now. Let's Hurry up with my it. damn croissants. Mm, let's get it. Yes. But no, seriously, I, just, I, I want everyone working in whatever field you are to just be aware of the services you provide and what you deserve for those services because they're not going to just give it to you. And sometimes you have to fight for it, but you deserve it. And as long as we are aware of what we deserve, then we will have to get it eventually. Oh, my God. That's so beautiful. Oh. Uh. Oh, yeah. oh, I was preaching. Oh yeah, I have nothing else. That's like my Martin Luther King speech. <laughs> <laughs> That's I have a dream speech for the week. There you go, right on time. Right on time. Right on time. All right. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this bonus episode of Something to Say. Um, we'll be back next week, uh, but in the meantime, you'll be able to follow us on the social medias. Um, mine is at Mina Ann Lee. I'm Christina. At YOH31, I'm Yo. I'm um, uh, Mr. Uh, not Mr. Damn, I'm about to give you the one. What? Yeah, listen. I got a lot of going on right there. Space. Yeah, yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to give you my black planet, and I'm just over here fucked up. Yes. Um, on Twitter, uh, Hip Hop Obama. Yes, go see. Um, sorry to bother you. Um, yeah, yeah, man, we were talking about it as during its limited release, but it's about to get a wider release very soon. So do, do go do that. <laughs> <laughs>